Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Andrew LaFleur, and thank you very much for listening. Today on the show, I have Winston Chan. Winston Chan is the Director of Sales for Tridel. And Tridel, of course, is Canada's largest condo builder, which therefore means that no one in Canada is responsible for more condo sales than Winston Chan. So it's a pleasure to talk to him on today's show. Winston's a very humble and gracious guy, but his knowledge of the market and his experience with condo sales is really unmatched in the industry. We talked about a variety of topics, but what I want, what I found most interesting is that Winston, he's very forward thinking. He's always looking ahead. He's sort of a visionary. So he's always looking to the future and seeing where things are heading in Toronto a long time before they actually happen. And I think this is a trait that every successful condo investor also needs to have. And that's the ability to see where a market is going years before it happens, to spot the trends and take advantage of them. This is how you make money in real estate, of course. So so often we get caught up in what's happening now or in the next few years that we lose sight of the greater changes that are happening in Toronto. And just the fact that as a rapidly growing city, we're really the envy of every city in North America with the exception perhaps of New York City. Um, for example, the, the most recent report that came out this week from Bloomberg uh, predicted that the GTA's population would hit 6.7 million by 2025. Now, that's only 11 years away. So it's really all about investing now for the future. We are a growing city. Everybody's going to need a place to live. Real estate values are going up. So start building your condo portfolio now, and you and your children are going to reap the rewards of those decisions you make uh, many years down the road. Okay, now let's get to the interview with Winston Chan, the Director of Sales for Tridel. And for all the show notes on this episode, just head on over to truecondos.com slash Winson, W-I-N-S-O-N, Winson. Welcome to the to the show, Winston. Thank you very much for being here today. My pleasure, Andrew. Great. Looking forward to uh, getting to know you a little bit more. I'm sure a lot of people listening are as well. Um, so tell, start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, how did you get started in the condo industry, um, and how did you get to where you are today? Okay, I'm uh, Winston Chan, Director of Sales from Tridel. I think I started off uh, my business as a real estate agent about 25 years ago. Uh, after I graduate from uh, university and uh, my first job is real estate, and I really so was that here in Toronto or that's somewhere here in else? Toronto. Okay. I uh, come from Hong Kong. First okay. of all, I come from Hong Kong, '84, and then I study half a year for high school, and then I go direct to uh, U- uh, University of Toronto. Okay, so you went to U of T straight out of university. You got your real estate license you're saying you started yes. okay yes i get my real estate actually i get my real estate license before i graduate because i'm really into real estate and i think uh to me choice of a career is you really need to find a career that you really love to do and i love to talk to people and i love to do build networking and then i have passion in real estate so before i uh, graduate I get a real estate license. Interestingly, I my major is actuarial science, you know, risk management and all this calculation. And I, uh, fortunately, after I graduate, I find it 
actually quite boring. So, okay. <laughs> so I actually jumped ship to yeah. uh, something that I really love to do. So um, I get my real estate license work about five years. And interestingly, all I sell is uh, Tridel condominium. So um, really, okay. one uh, opportunity. So tell us about that, because this is the mid early 80s. Condos are really a new thing. You're specializing in condominium sales. Yes. You, you must have been a strange duck at the time. No I, one else was really and, doing that, and right? Actually, true. Uh, at the time, people were all focused on uh, houses and and uh, um, a different type of real estate ownership. But I really like condominium living because I can foresee uh, Toronto. It's going to be urbanized. Like I'm sure to hear about all this urbanization talk uh, lately, and I. I actually have this vision way back because uh, I've come from Hong Kong. Very obviously, is a very metropolitan uh, metropolitan city, and then the only form of real estate that is a vi- uh, uh, of uh, is affordable is condominium. And I also buy into um, a smart sizing concept. Like people do not actually need to live in such big space. So um, I can see Toronto going to to uh, like will be a metropolitan okay, so city. So this in the you didn't buy into the sort of North American dream of the big house in the suburbs, even in the eighties when there were just a handful of condos in all of the city of Toronto. You, right, you because were seeing this coming. I think more uh, more than likely, it's uh, the the customer that I was dealing with is uh, around my age at the time, and then uh, they they first come to here, they want to to start it off too, and I. Uh, most of the people really work hard to build the career mm-hmm. and they do not have time to manage the other things. Um, so uh, end up uh, the, uh, the, uh, the type of real estate that I sold to my customer end up would be a condominium. So um, when we choose condominium, then we go and actually pick you know, the good quality one and end up, as I mentioned earlier, I uh, end up selling most of them are uh, tried out condominium. So it's one opportunity I see uh, uh, senior VP, uh, Jim Ritchie, and, and one of the sales center. And then I, by introduction, and I just tried, would you like to work with us? And that was 20 years ago. Okay, so 20 years ago, Jim Ritchie, who's the president of Tridel. Uh, senior vice president. I think at the time he's, yeah, same position. And, okay. And also... Uh, so he comes to you and says, would you like to work? So he offers right, it's you... It's through, obviously, through, you know, the sales manager and sales rep and yeah. invite, you know, since... Yeah. I see there's a lot of sales coming through from this guy and then okay. had the opportunity to met that was 20 years ago. Okay. So you, you were selling condos, you started selling Tridel condos, you, you like the product, you're supporting them, and then they offered you a job. Correct. Uh, and you've been with them ever since. Correct. Wow. Okay. And so what, tell us about what your position is now, what, what you're doing now. Well, uh, my real estate career started, as I mentioned, as a uh, uh, real estate License broker. I was an outside broker for Tridel and so invite to join the sales team. So I start from a sales rep to a site manager and become regional sales manager, then become now. And to me, for my real estate career too, um, I do not want to work for the second best. And you already work for the best uh, organization already. They create beautiful uh, landmark uh, award-winning condominiums. So that's, I think, is a natural choice. And uh, that's... 20 years. Wow. So how many, how many condos have you been involved with the sale of over your career? Do you know? 
Uh, have not actually do an actual count, but I I'm, <laughs> I think personally in charge of at least uh, more than twenty five uh, different projects, and uh, you know any any sales volume we are well like me personally involved will be at least a thousand, so it's quite a lot of condominium. And, and Tridel building lots of condominium as as you know, like we build over eighty thousand homes, been existing for the past eight decades, so. Too many condos to count. <laughs> That's good, and it's coming. If more and more and more too. Yeah. So we're speaking to uh, somebody who's really got a, a strong history in the market, and somebody who really can see not just what's happening today, but what has happened over the la- you know over the entire life really of the condo since condos have been existing in, in Toronto. That's that's a that's a pretty unique position that you're in. Yeah. Not too many people can say that. Um, the question that I like to ask everybody, I'd like to get your take on it. Is there a condo bubble in Toronto? We certainly don't see that. Uh, that's evident by seeing that we keep on having a new condominium coming up. Um, I think to see the condo market, you really need to see it in, in a macro point of view. You cannot just focus on Toronto, um, because compare it internationally, we are still relatively inexpensive. And as I mentioned earlier too, I truly believe Toronto is going through like a Manhattanization or urbanization to, to uh, the city. Uh, we're not there yet, and we're trying to get the ingredient. Way back uh, in the 80s, I was envisioning a few points happening, it's gradually happening. A, uh, in order to be a really big metropolitan city, you need to have five-star hotel. Like before, no. Right now, we already have a good number of five-star hotel happening, uh, major sports, uh, major sports uh, team, uh, which is all this, you know, N- uh, NFL. Uh, uh, sorry, not NFL. I wish that will be coming. But <laughs> that will be that will be another sign. But then, yeah. what I'm trying to say is, you know, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, uh, NHL, and all these major teams right. is there too. Uh, employment opportunities. Where uh, Toronto is one of the major financial center in North America, um, and the other ingredient, where, where, which actually. Uh, attract me to come here is education opportunity. Now people come to uh, a city in order to the city to have uh, you know metropolitan or urbanization. You have to have this type of ingredient to to see it's a world class uh, area. Uh, now the only thing so you're talking about universities like University about, of Toronto, Ryerson, you, York, exactly. and major and if you major com- education institutions. Exactly. In if yep. you compare it Canada wide, uh, Ontario have over forty two different. Uh, post-secondary op- opportunity. If you go to BC, a lot of people go to BC, like only have 20. So no, if you compare North, of, uh, of Mer- uh, North America, we do have a lot of uh, education opportunity here in Toronto. And as a matter of fact, this is how I was attracted to Toronto in the first place. In, Interesting. Uh, in, in yeah. Hong Kong, we have, uh, you know, five, six million people. There was like one university back then. Right. So obviously I'm not qualified. So therefore I come here and get my university educated and then once you uh, build, start to build your you know, education and things that you, you then have a big chance to build your family here. And before in the 80s, uh, my parents sent me over here uh, is to get education, go back to help my family business didn't happen. Right. So I like it here too much. I, I, I have it here. So that is a very important ingredient. Um, now, the only thing that I, I think Toronto is missing, uh, we are not there yet. Yeah. What are we missing? The this, subway. Yeah. 
Okay. It's a subway, or I should say, mass transit uh, okay. system. Right. If you go to Hong Kong, Singapore, Paris, London, or this real major metropolitan right. city. Okay, so we obviously have a subway, but, but what's the problem with it? It's not as extensive as the other. Like, say, for instance, uh, if you go to you know New York or uh, Hong Kong, London, and all that, if you want to get from point A to point B, your first choice is actually mass transit. And right. here, no, it's still its car. Uh, are we there yet? Almost. Like you see all this new uh, condo happening in downtown. That's actually, uh, it, it, it's going that way. But we are not there yet. People hate commuting and really wanted to be commute from point A to point B fast. And most importantly, from where they lived and where they worked fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then if you have different major city, uh, different major uh, uh, employment center, you can actually connect it truly by subway uh, that you can actually move a lot of mass people from what point A to point B. That's to me, it's what's still missing. Why? So you, you again, looking at your perspective since 1984 till today, what I'm thinking is the subway map, the basic, you know, young university line and the Bloor Danforth line, it hasn't changed in that entire time that you've been here. It's, it's the same as that's, it was. That's exactly. And I, uh, I so wh why do you think it, you know, a bit of, you know, I know you're not a politician or a pundit, but why do you think it hasn't, you know, all this urbanization has happened, but we haven't, the subway hasn't well, I think, Change uh, I think you, you, you just said it. And I think a politician and uh, three level of governments, governments really need to sit down and, and talk about it. And I think uh, one thing I see different is you're right, you know, I'm not in politics, but I can tell you my observation yeah. of all this uh, mass transits happening in all this major city. I see all three level of governments uh, together with private sector, they work together. Like say, for instance, in Hong Kong, um, you know, when we have a subway, it's co-developed by uh, the Hong Kong MTR with, you know, major developer. So usually uh, the business model is there's a subway, there's a plaza, and then there's, uh, you know, a neighborhood development to complementing. the. So whole. it's a real estate play. Correct. So, so you'll be able to actually build a real mobility hub, a real urban center uh, connected to subway. Say, it's, and it's cooperation between correct, the private right. sector and, and, I, and the public. And here I don't really see that much. At least I see some of my uh, uh, counterpart here and uh, our organization. Sometimes, you know, uh, when we try to build something, we not get the cooperation that we were uh, having. Right. And, and then sometimes we get one one section of, of, of uh, the, the authority cooperating that we're waiting for the, the next authority. And then uh, there's no not too much coordination. Like I, I think I think right now I think the politicians see it. So therefore you see the upcoming municipal uh, minute, uh, municipal um, election. election yeah. uh, they all talk about subway. And I, I think and which I'm very glad that people start to see it. And then when I think good thing is start from our municipal government that we they, they really like it. And then then hopefully can this uh, concept can radiate and then to a point and then we would have have uh, a, a true uh, possibility to become a real world class right. city. By then, the real estate, just going back to what we start from, by yeah. then our real estate value will be even higher. Yeah, you said something actually interesting last time uh, we were speaking about how uh, that if that last piece of the puzzle comes in, the subway, what would happen to uh, the, the real estate values in the core? You said something interesting about that. Basically, I think you were saying that the core values would just skyrocket if we connected the core via subway 
Correct. Uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, because uh, two things is right now, I think you see basically uh, the Toronto real estate is uh, a lot of people just focus on downtown, but downtown to a certain point, there is a certain capacity. But there's also there's so many other major employment centers that surrounding the city too, but they are not really well connected. Mm. Uh, so uh, through that point, then we have a lot more opportunity to expand. And after all, Toronto, it's a big city and you have a lot of people. Take a look at uh, the 401, like we have 16 lane. Yeah, I come to LA and I was uh, in, in LA not too long ago and I counted the number of lanes too and I think right now we have more right. uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, the commuting time and all yeah. that too and I think we can actually enhance the city uh, uh, more um, and, um, and downtown eventually there's there's not enough land to build and then you, you do need to serve all this other part of the city too mm -hmm. um, that's great another big question I would love to get your take on um, as somebody in your position who's been in, like you said, 25 buildings that you personally have been involved with, the whole foreign investor question. A lot mm -hmm. of people, uh, it's sort of set up as this boogeyman. The foreign investor is is uh, ruining the condo market or there's too many foreign investors. Um, what's your take on it? I mean, do you what, see a lot to, with Tridel? Okay, for us, you can we, give us honestly, any numbers of what you see? Honestly, uh, no, I don't see actually a big, number of foreign investor too, uh, because I, we build a lot of condominiums and, and people coming in. And even sometimes if we wanted to, to take foreign investor, for instance, like A, they cannot get mortgage approval. Very difficult. Uh, uh, yeah. Very difficult. And then if, if the bank actually see, you know, your, you know, 50% of the building from, from foreign ownership, they won't even give you construction financing. So I don't know what this big, uh, numbers coming from. Um, However, what I can confirm is all right now our economy is it's almost like a, a world market. Like before in the 80s, you know, you can talk about localized market, you can talk about uh, local uh, money and foreign money, but in here everything is sort of like intricate. Right, but that's uh, not unique to condominiums, is it? I mean, the whole world is, it, it is, is so that's is a, we're think, all connected, I think, right? I think basically media just pick on a, a certain point and try to elaborate. But if you actually see the physical evidence, we don't actually see it. And mm -hmm. I and I just tell you that it's not physically possible right. that you have been in high building owned, owned by foreign ownership because the bank won't approve that. Yeah. But however, on the other side of the coin is because all everybody was sort of like interconnected. Like myself, as an example. So if I were to purchase a condominium back then, like say uh, in, in 84, do you consider me as a foreign investor? I physically come from Hong Kong, right. uh, but I physically live in here. But then right. what was the money come from then is actually from my parents. Right. So, sure. but then, however, when I purchase a condominium, like you, you should not count me as right. a foreigner and because I'm actually physically living here to use the condominium. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and, and Toronto, there's, it's a big metropolitan city. So you have a lot of people from different parts of the world, from Salvation, Asia, from, you yeah. know, Europe and all that too. Maybe I think that was sort of like confused. Right. Uh, the market a little How bit. How do you define a foreign investor? There's, Correct. There's so that, a lot of confusion a, around that. Right. No one can seem to agree on that, what But however, what I can that confirm is. to you that, uh, I, I do not see more than 5%. Five uh, percent. Five percent. That is yeah. a real foreign investor, meaning that you know a foreign address, a foreign passport, you know a thirty-five percent deposit, deposit yeah. and coming in too. Like I, I don't see that many. Yeah. Does Tridel? Uh, I know a lot of the big developers uh, uh, do. Uh, they have offices and do a lot of marketing overseas specifically, and you actually 
go into overseas markets to sell products specifically to people overseas. Do, does Tridal do that? Uh, not officially. We do work with, you know, 30,000 realtors in Toronto and um, different ethnic groups. Sometimes they would not want to do, actually bring the people, bring the product over to them. Now, however, like say, for instance, when they sell a certain product in Korea or in China or wherever, uh, their core focus is actually for the people eventually coming here. So people again, who want to immigrate to correct. Canada, so they're saying. Again, yeah. So when they purchase a, a property later on as immigrants, um, so are they foreign investor? May may not be. Right. Uh, so uh, maybe they're foreign investor at time of purchase, but at time of close, they're Canadian resident. Correct. And, and we actually can tell you from our uh, uh, the agreement of purchase and sales too, most of them actually have Canadian address, Canadian uh, SIN number, driver's license and all that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's not uncommon to people to have, you know, uh, Canadian residency and own various other property around too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can just, let's just put that foreign investor thing to bed once and for all. You heard it here first. The foreign investor thing is not, is not a problem in the market. Uh, maximum 5% as you, as you're you saying. Like with, I don't have the actual number, but however, it's not a big number sure. for sure. It's a very small uh, and, and minority the of question, the market. Actually, sometimes we, we always like to answer a question with a question. So if people say there's a lot of uh, foreign investors, okay, show it to you or most importantly, talk to your bank and say, pretended you're a foreign, foreign investor and try to get a financing to buy multiple condo here. You go out and try it yourself and then come back and tell Andrew and myself. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I would love to learn too. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Um, let's talk about something shifting gears. I want to talk about super tall buildings. So okay. like buildings over 50 stories. Again, you said something interesting last time we met about you taught me something that I didn't know. And I think the people listening would be very interesting to learn too. That is, you said, that construction costs, once you get above around 40 stories, construction costs double well, we, or, yeah, or go up very higher. significantly higher. So um, why is that? Why why is construction costs go up so much? Because uh, I guess the question behind this question is a lot of people say, you know what, Andrew, you know, I like this building, uh, but all that's available left are the, the highest floors, 50, 60th floor units. The, the floor premiums, you got to pay $1,000 a floor in most cases. It's just not worth it to, to me to invest in a building like that at these higher elevated prices. But it's interesting to me that I learned there's the construction costs behind the scenes that go into building these super tall structures um, is, is probably something a lot of people don't realize. So maybe if you could... Talk yeah. about that. Uh, for that, I can actually use an analogy for a you know uh, a premium car to uh, a non-normal car that that you build. Like say, for instance, you build a, a, a car from point A to point B. You put X amount of uh, engineering, a lot of uh, uh, cost to build that car, which is a lot of people can do it. But if you all of a sudden you want to build a you know a Formula One car, yes, it's still a car. Right. But then it still the has en- four wheels and yeah, an still engine. Still four wheels and everything. But the engineering and the design that put into that say Formula One car is substantially higher. Uh, that actually applied to condominium. So if you were to build you know a six story building, you know you don't need a certain special license. You know normal people can build it. You know if you go to fifteen uh, level, thirtieth level, then the complex to become more and more. And then if you go past 40th floor, A, do you have 
uh, you know, enough skilled labor that be able to do in a high floor uh, construction. And then also the engineering, the wind factor, the, uh, the snow, the, the wind, the water and all that. All this engineering and design that we have to put into the building is much more. Uh, in terms of the uh, foundation preparation, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the structure. Is that part of the reason why we see up until the past five years, you know, the tallest buildings would all be about 40 stories. If you look across the city, you see 40 stories everywhere. Right. And I think uh, for us to, uh, for Tridel, we don't always, like, of course, we want to do pioneer in, in, uh, in designs and all that too, but we needed to be able to master the skill. And we West Associated, yes, we built you a much taller building that the quality that we deliver is the same. Then we started to build that too. So to answer your question that I think the technology is a little more mature compared to, you know, in the 80s, that we'd be able to have the technical know-how to build it. Hmm. Uh, like there's a lot of new element put into condominium, like the green element, um, uh, the technology element too, all also needed to to elevate it to mm -hmm. a certain level before we be able to build. But to answer your question earlier, would that cost us more? One hundred percent. So, and for for builder, we would not build uh, anything to lose money. Uh, yes. So if we, our cost is higher, obviously you would see the price is the, higher. The, yeah. Pri uh, the, uh, yeah. the, the cost is uh, higher, and then the price is higher. Right. Obviously. And I think what we're going to see more in the future as land becomes more and more scarce along the transit lines and in the core, you're gonna see more taller and taller buildings, right? right. So yeah. that you're gonna see higher and higher prices. And, it's and just a reality. It's, uh, you, uh, you said it right on uh, the sport, is uh, absolutely true. It's before the land was not as expensive. Right now, let's not talk, talk about the price, it's more expensive. Let us find availability of the land. There, there's yeah. not many. Like you, right. you look around downtown, all the sites available gone. sites. Yeah, and so if you only have uh, the limited opportunity, and if you have acquired the land, then you would you would then force you to build as tall as possible. Back in the '80s, and I I see uh, some of the posts from from uh, the urban Toronto lately show. Um, uh, all the development in the 80s, I was fascinating. There was nothing. Right. Uh, but right now, it's also nothing. But it's not so not uh, uh, not the building. But in terms of land, there's nothing. So if you have a piece of land, then any developer and or investor would like to maximize uh, the space, and therefore we have to build it much taller now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's that's a great point for people to to know about, and even just. Uh, one other thing you mentioned was uh, if you go higher, you need a different type of crane. Correct. A different know, type of crane, different technology, different engineering. Yeah. And then, uh, you know. Consulting costs go up. Everything goes 100%. up. Specialists you need to bring in. Right. Yeah, because when up higher to uh, the land condition, the wind condition is totally different. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for, for a responsible builder to actually build such a taller structure, to, there is a lot of consulting and engineering uh, a challenge that we have to deal with. Uh, and then, of course, that's reflect on, on the price per floor, as you, mm -hmm. yeah. you were mentioning before. Um, how has Tridel stayed on top for so long? What's the secret or what's what's the philosophy behind Tridel's success? Um, I think it's the teamwork. And uh, we always challenge ourselves to, to put the best product forward. In, in the market, and we were uh, kind of lucky to be in in, uh, in North America, more so in Toronto. Uh, we are from a, a normal building type city to become one of one of the most competitive 
uh, and the most uh, active condo market. So through this exercise, we uh, learn from our competitor, we learn from our our uh, customer, we keep on improving ourselves. We always challenge ourselves to be the leader there too. And of course, our uh, our management team, from both from construction and our uh, the, the Del Soto family, uh, all are very, very passionate uh, about what they built. So when they built a Tridel logo in, in the product, and re it's really represent their signature. And uh, to as today, um, the Del Soto family members too also very involved in uh, the design. If they see uh, anything that they do not like, even after they build, they would go in and change everything mm. and making sure that the product with the Tridel logo on the, uh, on the market is the best in, in, uh, in the market. Mm. Um, what you got several projects coming up. Uh, I don't know which ones you want to highlight for us. You got Islington Terrace, of course, Aqua Vista coming up. Um, some others. What what, uh, what can you tell us about what's what's uh, coming down the pipe this this fall? Okay, yeah. Every year we always would have at least three or four condominium coming up, and actively we have like twenty two projects on the go. Twenty two. Wow. Twenty two projects on the go, <laughs> all the way from uh, you know Eastlington Terrace, as you mentioned, and to the east side at uh, Metrogate North. Uh, all the way to Richmond Hill and to uh, the water edge, not the waterfront, it's all the way to the water edge. So we do have a lot. Uh, but right now, currently, we're working on uh, it's uh, Eastlington Terrace, mm -hmm. which very interesting. We talk about uh, subway and all that, too. And this is what I actually envision in the future, because downtown at certain point would become not affordable. And with some point, you don't have any condominium happening. So uh, the future would be subway. Uh, now, if you invest in downtown, it's six fifty to seven hundred bucks a foot. Not many people can afford it. And the key to our condominium in industry is affordability. And this is why one of the big reasons why condominium exists in the first place mm -hmm. is a, a smart sizing, as a, a smarter way to own a home ownership. Uh, so we be able to have a, a very nice product um, connected to subway. Um, yes, you pay a lot less, but then it's only twenty minutes away and. Guaranteed by TDC. Right. So Islington Terrace is right across the street from the Islington subway stop. Yeah. It's right next to it, like two minutes yeah. walk, uh, next to major employment center, connected to subway. Also, Mississauga Transit Terminal, one bus to U of T, one bus to Square One. And if people were unsure buying, you know, in the West End or in, in the downtown court, it's perfect. It's right in the middle, 20 mm -hmm. minutes away to downtown. And then yet, you know, one bus to um, Mississauga and yet access by highway is very convenient. And once again, Tridel is going to put a landmark building in the area, uh, tallest in the neighborhood. Right. So the south side, you're going to see the lake. North side, you see all the golf course surrounding it. So it will be a pretty interesting project. It's three towers, right? Three towers. Three tower project. Phase, yeah. And um, we always go in and go big and bake the, uh, the, the, the landmark in the area. Yeah. That's great. And you've, uh, what about Aqua Vista? Aqua Vista will be immediate after this too. Uh, this is the second uh, offering from um so you, had, so you had Aqualina first. Uh, Aqualina, that's the first. And that's mostly sold out, or is yes. it sold out? Yes. Mostly uh, sold out. Mostly yeah. sold out. And then we would release, uh, we, we, this time we have a lot more suite overlooking the uh, uh, the lake, which, okay. you know, last time uh, we made only a few people happy, a lot of people unhappy because they cannot right. <laughs> get the suite. But so hopefully this time uh, we, we can actually make... Uh, the people who uh, cannot get a Lakeview suite this time we build try to build a bit more. Uh, the sign will be spectacular. Hopefully in a week or two I can uh, forge you the rendering. Then you can post in 
your, Great. your website. Yeah, we'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah, we're still in the final design stage. So okay. as soon as I get that, you're going to have it. Yep. Great. Um, uh, now, personal level, are you a condo investor yourself? I think I think you are, as, as we talked about. Um, and what do you buy, or what's your what's your philosophy on your own personal condo investments? Okay, first, my uh, yes, am I a condo investor? Yes. Uh, most of my philosophy, the number one is diversification. Like I don't put like I won't buy like three in downtown. Okay. Three in North York, when did that. you buy your first condo? Just curious. Your very first condo that My you ever bought for yourself? My very first condo, um, I would say almost uh, 20, 15, 20 What was years the ago. building? That was in uh, North Town. North Town? North Town. I don't want to tell you the price then. <laughs> anyway, at, at Do the you time, remember the price? The price, price, then, yeah, what the was price then the price then was $160,000. Hundred and sixty thousand and for a two bedroom. Two bedroom. <laughs> for a two bedroom. <laughs> for a two bedroom. Um, so uh, it's uh, called a Somerset building, eighteen Somerset. So yeah, uh, it's of okay. course uh, we make good money there, uh, there too. Um, and uh, my philosophy is to be uh, basically uh, diversified. I like currently I own uh, one in downtown. I uh, uh, sorry, two in downtown, one in North York. So I try to sort of like you know. Uh, diversified okay. uh, them a little bit. Uh, and why I purchased it, interestingly, is uh, long-term investment. I have two daughters, you know, uh, one for one for each and then one for myself. Uh, so it, it's a long-term. So I I don't put them to private school, but after they graduate, they would have a condo hopefully pay for that. Right. So I, I usually go, uh, go in and, and lead, uh, uh, pay the... Uh, the down payment and then let, let somebody else build the equity for me the tenants yeah correct okay um so have you have you bought and sold many condos over the over the years um no I personally long, or no, uh we do uh, quite long term usually i, long -term. I change uh, the holding um uh, every five years and i do believe that should be the case because you know five uh for five years, technology change, yep. you know, the requirement change, and there's yep. new offering. So usually, I I uh, purchase and hold a condo for possibly five years. Okay. And then, then do you only do you only buy Tridel product, or have you, do you buy other other? I don't have any choice. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's only one answer to that question. Correct. <laughs> um, that's great. Well, and then for, on that note too, and and kidding aside is. Uh, for when when I purchase to, um, I'm sure that any of the people look for it. So they look for the the brand name, right? Like for me, I look for the brand name. I look for right. you know uh, who won the most award and who have the most experience, and then uh, uh, that that is evident. So so this is how we right. And, and then the audience also needed to to look for this attributes right. too. Well, you, yeah, like you can't go wrong with Tridel. It's kind of like you said about Islington Terrace. What do you need to know? Tridel. Subway. Correct. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need to know? Yeah. Um, that's great. Well, thanks. Thanks for the interview today. If people want to find you or get a hold of you, what's the best way to uh, to reach you? Yeah. Well, I'm always at Trido um, uh, head office. Okay. Uh, so, you know, just shoot me an email. Yeah. Are you on uh, any social media? Yes, I am. Yeah. Social media and uh, Twitter. You're on Twitter. At, yeah. At Winston Chan. You can, you can Winston find Chan me on and, Twitter. Great. Well, and then Facebook, you can the local under Tridel and I'm Great. quite active. Okay. There well, we'll include some links to, uh, to your, um, <clears throat> to your social media profiles here on the show notes for this episode. You can check that out. Um, Winston, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very thank much you. for your thank time. Thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. There you have it. That was my interview with Winston Chan from Tridel. 
He's a great guy, and he's just so passionate about the Tridal brand and condo development. It was great to talk to him. I was also glad to hear that Winston agreed with me as well, something that I've been saying for a while, that foreign in, the sort of foreign investor boogeyman uh, is really a joke. It's, there, there's not a problem in the Toronto condo market, and, and um, uh, foreign investment, it, sure, it exists in, in Toronto. There are a few foreign, foreign investors who are buying condo units, but it's a tiny minuscule fraction of the market and anyone who tells you otherwise honestly they don't know what they're talking about uh, i also think he's bang on about toronto's desperately uh desperate need for a rapid transit expansion in order to not lose our status as sort of an emerging world-class city and i think when this happens as he said we will see real estate prices skyrocket in the core so for more information on uh, Islington Terrace and Aqualina and everything else that we talked about on today's episode, just head on over to truecondos.com slash Winson. That's W-I-N-S-O-N. And uh, there's the show notes for the show with all the links to everything we talked about. Until next time, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.